All right, what's up, everybody? Uh, this is Hunter. I'm the Worship and Creative Arts Director here at Piedmont Church. I'm sitting down with Pastor Chris Barbie, and we're doing a new segment, new podcast that we're going to be calling Unpack That, where we just do a little bit of a deeper dive into maybe some questionable or interesting things that Chris was talking about, things that you may or may not have understood or just wanted to know a little bit more about. So yesterday, we were looking at the Luke 10 passage where the 72 returned from proclaiming the kingdom of God. And uh, the scripture said that they displayed power over the demonic. But Chris, your statement was that the primary purpose of this message wasn't necessarily to teach power over the demonic, but rather our name as Christians being written in the book of life. So why was why was that what you were talking about? Yeah, Hunter, thanks for uh, sitting down with me to talk about this today. Hopefully the church can benefit from our conversation. So uh, it's like you said, and like I, I discussed uh, yesterday, the purpose of the, you know, the text is to talk about where our names are written. And the reason I gave context for that was I talked about exegesis, eisegesis. I'm not going to go into detail about that. You can go to my sermon. But the context, the full context of Luke's message here is not highlighting what happened with the demonic. It was highlighting, uh, and Jesus shows this, like, um, joy in his spirit in verse 10, or verse 20 in chapter 10 of the, the followers, the disciples finally getting it, and that they were recognizing who they were in Christ, and he uses the phrase that their names are written in the book of life. They yeah. should be more joyful about that than exercising the authority that they have in demons, uh, over demons. But your question today is, do they have authority over demons? Yes. And the, the answer is yes. Uh, we're trying to keep this podcast short. So my first, um, I guess, statement would be, we did, I think, a two-part series yep. uh, in Demons just a couple months ago on our podcast. I would say go back and listen to that. You'll hear a lot more uh, about what this could look like and all the things. But I think I would start by saying I 100% believe that Christians have authority over the demonic, over the enemy, in Christ. Yeah. Not outside of Christ, not of their own will or their own power, but in him. But Closely connected to that, I would say, if you go to James chapter 4, verse 7, he says, resist the devil. Uh, and, and so there's this, uh, I guess, rub, this tension in Scripture that certainly tells us that we have the authority in Christ to do all things. Matter of fact, Paul says in Romans that we are more than conquerors in Christ. But then there's right behind it, generally, a line that says resist the devil or make sure that you're prepared like Paul says it in Ephesians talking about the the spiritual warfare and, and putting on the, the full armor of God and so when you read that passage in Luke 10 what I was really trying to teach the church was uh, there's some specific language that is used by Luke in this moment um, that if we lean into that language like us having authority over scorpions or serpents or that no harm will come to us and that is the the focus that we get from Luke I think we're missing the, the biggest point. And yeah. so um, certainly uh, if you walk up to a scorpion or a serpent <laughs> and I guess you try to play with it in the desert, yeah. there's a good chance you're going to get bit or stung. Um, yeah. I mean, the Appalachian churches, they uh, <laughs> play with snakes just for fun, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's actually that's a great point because I yeah. think there are some that would lean into a passage like this as a proof text. Now, I think yeah. there are other great texts that talk about the authority that we have in this world in Christ. 
I just don't know that I would say that this is one. Yeah. So I guess as succinctly to, as possible to say, we do have authority in Christ over a lot of things. We can speak blessings, and to a degree, we can speak curses. Yeah. And so it's it's important how we use our words. It's important as Christians where we find our identity uh, from and who it's coming from rather than trying to place uh, it in other places and other various forms. So, yes, we have authority in Christ over the demonic. Um, that's why exorcism and things like that absolutely exist. Yeah. So you were preaching from the ESV yesterday. Yeah, English and Standard yeah. Version. So in the ESV, the number of disciples is 72. Yeah. But in other translations, you can see that it's 70. So what do you have to say about that? Yeah, so um, a little bit of this uh, is like its own seminary course. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly. So every Bible translation looks at the original transcripts. And uh, there's a great sermon written uh, and, and given by Ben Stewart. I think it might even be on our website because we, we showed it here one time as a church. Uh, where he talks about how we can trust the original bibl biblical manuscripts, and I think if you stack them up, they'd like reach the moon or something oh, like wow. that. It was it was insane. Yeah. And uh, what you need to know is when we say original transcripts, that some of them comes in come in bits and pieces and fragments. And so what we've done, and and what uh, linguists and historians have done, uh, is they've taken all of these original manuscripts, and they've compared them to each other, and then. Uh, in the 20th, I think it's 20th century, when we found the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, it, it was like, I don't know, the, the sky opening up to yeah. a degree because the Dead Sea Scrolls are the oldest dated original manuscripts. And so they give us uh, much more of the original language. And so what you see sometimes in different translations is they trust some manuscripts rather than others. Yeah. So would you say, oh, wow, can we not trust the Bible? Not at all. Um, I think most of the time that you see, I think Ben even says this, less than 1% of the time do you see a discrepancy in Scripture. And the discrepancy comes to something like this, yeah. where Luke mentions 70 in some original uh, manuscripts, while other times you see 72. Yeah. Again, going back to the, let's go back to the point of that story. Does that have anything to do with the story? No. Yeah. He sent messengers they made proclamation and exercised the authority in christ given to them over the demonic and other things they returned with joy so these are people who weren't bought in all of a sudden now bought in and so the purpose of the story is not was it 70 or 72 yeah. right um so the discrepancy is again the original transcripts transcripts manuscripts however you want to look that um say 70 while others say 72, and it's about a 50-50 split. So if you open the King James, you're going to see 70. A lot of people go back to the 70 because that has uh, a closer resemblance to a lot of, like, the biblical yeah. great numbers and, the yeah. you know, all those different things. I'm not a big numbers person, uh, so uh, I just read from the ESV because it's word for word translated, and I like it. Yeah. So I read 72. Yeah, cool. Um, so... In the sermon yesterday, we were talking about our identities in Christ. So if we want to lean more into these identities that you spoke about, what are they and how do they impact my life now? Yeah, so that's like one of the biggest questions we ask when we preach, right, is how is whatever I'm taking from the text yeah. applied to my life today? And when I got to our text in Luke 10, I definitely came across like, wow, there's a lot to teach here. I don't know if I have enough time, so I'm glad we're unpacking, yeah. see what I did there, <laughs> that today. Uh, so... 
when you talk about identities in Christ, we, we first have to understand what that means. It's, it's literally a new identity. We try to find our identity as humans in all sorts of places. We find it in people through relationships. We find it in our job. I mean, uh, Deion Sanders has an amazing testimony where, you know, he was a pro bowler, Hall of Famer, Super Bowl um, player in the NFL, had all the money, all the women, all the things he wanted, but yet he felt empty. And then all of a sudden, one day, I think he was in a hotel in, like, Las Vegas or something. And I, I, I could be adding, embellishing the story just a little bit. I don't know. Uh, he heard the Lord. And, like, he came to faith in Christ and realized that all those things that he was finding his identity in were not real. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is who he found his identity in. And I, I'm not, you know, making a proclamation of the guy's faith or anything like that. But I am saying this. We look for identity, who we are, in all sorts of places. And so... Um, when we say we find our identity in Christ, what we've resolved is that we recognize that we were a sinner. We recognize the gospel. We were a sinner. We were needed saving. Jesus came. He gave us new life. We repented of our sins. We believed and we have faith that he is who he says he is. And because he is who he says he is, we are now new creations. And there are so many phrases in Scripture uh, we read as a church, like we had 20-something phrases, I think, that we read, and yeah. there could be more about who we are now in Christ. You could talk about son and daughtership. So how does that apply to me right now? Well, maybe you're somebody who's struggling with self-esteem, and you don't think you're good enough. Well, the king, the creator of the universe, everything you know said you're good enough because he sent his son to die on the cross for you. Yeah. And he didn't just do it so, like, you could have salvation. He did it to have a relationship with you like he wants to hear your thoughts and to know you he wants you to cry out to him and lament to him when you're in pain and in anguish and when you're troubled so if you feel like you're alone if you feel like um, nobody values you your identity is not in those worldly thoughts your identity is in the thought that the king of the universe values you he would send his son to die for you and you alone yeah. and so like it starts there i think you could go to other places, even go, go, go to the thing that we talked about, like the more than conquerors and the power. Well, why did he give us that authority? Well, some, some could say, well, it's because we're representing him, and that's true. But now that we're representing him, we are now in like the king's guard, if you will. <laughs> and so like we are these people who put on the breastplate of righteousness, and we are his soldiers standing out, protecting and proclaiming his name and so he values you in his family in his team uh there i feel like there's there's a lot of this could be its own sermon yeah but i think when you think about identities in christ read through scripture and find places where he says what you are a great one for me is ephesians chapter one um like you're blessed you're redeemed you're chosen you're adopted you are made his and so when those things happen what happens to us it says we've been made a friend of God. Yeah. Um, we, we've, you know, been grafted into the, the overall family. And so I feel like I'm going along the same lines, a lot of things. But it, you can clearly separate, wow, when someone tells me that I'm not good at my job, that can hurt my feelings. And if my job was my identity, it does more than hurt my feelings. It crushes me. Yeah. But... If I'm doing all things as I'm doing them to the Lord, like Colossians says, and I'm finding my identity in him, when I'm not good at my job, what will happen is he will then say, are you giving your best effort? Yeah. Are you pushing forth with all the things you 
desire to do in my will? If those are yes, then maybe the answer isn't that you're bad at your job. The answer is that you shouldn't be in that job. Yeah. And because we all get gift, gifts and talents, right? You yeah. go to 1 Corinthians 12, you brought the church together with all these different things. And so maybe we've got the wrong seat on the bus. I've, I've been there. We've all been there. We've p- played roles in our jobs, in our lives where, man, I'm just not as good as this other person. Yeah. And if I compare myself to this other person, the p- comparison trap is going to kill me. Whether w- shift it and then I look at Jesus and he tells me, man, you may not be great at that but you're great at these over here. I've given you these giftings. And so you got to kind of tap into what are your spiritual giftings and then like what are the giftings he's given you as an individual. And you'll begin to see your identity in Christ blossom because you'll have the worth and the understanding, the the value that you've seen in him. And then you function from that win, that conquering, that kingdom-minded place to then really blossom and grow in the other places of your life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Does yeah, that unpack that enough? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Well, um, that was it. That was great. It was cool to dive into those and unpack those uh, yeah. those questions that you may have had as a listener. Um, we're going to be doing this every Monday uh, following the sermon. So, if you can't, if you want to, if you have a question that you want to get some more um, answers to, make sure you email us at connect at net before. I would say 10 a.m. on a Monday yes. because we're going to meet at, in the office at 10 and then we're going to be jumping in and recording these. So if you have a question, try to get it into us ASAP and we'll do our best to unpack that for you. So uh, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, this is uh, Hunter and Chris from Piedmont Church. We love you guys and we'll see you next time. See ya. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast and you think somebody else would like it, uh, you could do a couple things for us. You could absolutely rate and review us on whatever podcast service you're listening to. But I think more importantly, what we would love is for you to maybe text that friend, send this episode to them. Uh, We want to reach people, but we want to do it on an individual basis. And so if you think this would be a great tool uh, for a friend of yours, why don't you just send them this, send them a quick text message or email and say, hey, I thought about you when listening to this, and I thought you'd love this. So thanks again. Now, go lead people to love God, love people, and invest in his kingdom. We will see you in a couple of weeks.